first of all, I am going to run through the tape. Uh, we've got a, a very impressive agenda to finish. Um, last week, we did a fantastic job in California raising funds. Uh, Kevin McCarthy and I, um, you know, I built up this network that I started, came from the Romney days. Um, uh, Kevin and I are going to make sure that that uh, network is in service to this majority going forward. So Kevin and I um, have um, a really good aggressive schedule this summer to make sure that our majority has the resources it needs to get our message out. I actually feel really good about our majority. Um, if the election were today, we would keep this majority. Uh, and the Ripon Society, by the way, thank you for that. <laughs> I've, been, I've been bugging you guys for years. <laughs> so, um, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna grow our ranks, and um, in in that, what I mean is, what I our majority went to a low spot where we were dysfunctional and backbiting and infighting, to where now we passed over 500 bills. Yeah, we have caucuses and factions, but at the end of the day. We're putting up 218 on our agenda, and that's really what matters. And I think what we're having here, I just spent the morning, I uh, went from the gym to my office over here to call our candidates. We're getting more effective conservatives, more effective legislators, people who, I was just talking to the, the, the majority whip from West Virginia who is a bison farmer who just won the Evan Jenkins district. She is coming here to get things done. She is coming here to be a part of the solution, not just a part of you know the conservative industrial complex where she wants to be famous or something like that. She wants to actually get work done. That's what we want. We want people who are coming here to be effective, people who are coming here to be workhorses. And I really believe that's the kind of majority we are maturing into, a workhorse majority. The reason I say that is um, our Better Way agenda, which we ran, there's a method to all of this, right? There's, there was a specific plan for our economic agenda that we are in the middle of executing. You turn on the TV, you may not see that, but you look at what we're doing, it was always reg relief first. Then we did want to do our entitlement reform bill, which we think is really important. Unfortunately, that didn't pass the Senate, but we didn't let that stop us in our tracks. We moved on to tax reform. Then we knew we wanted to go rebuild our military budget and get our military and our VA back on track, so we did that. Then we knew we wanted to go into our infrastructure bills. We just did the FAA bill. Then we're going to go through WERDA. Then we're going to go through permitting and streamlining. Then we want to go work on people. We've got to close the skills gap and the opportunities gap. That's career and technical education reform. That's getting the 12 million able-bodied people who are on the sidelines, in poverty, off of welfare, into the workforce because there's 6.6 .6 million jobs out there available for people. So we always knew we wanted to get regulatory policy going we want to get our tax reform going, then we want to work on getting people the skills they need to get the lives they want to get into the workforce because labor shortages is our new, new good problem to have. And so that has always been our plan and we are executing that plan and we're excited about this plan. Um, I'll just have say something about Tim Scott who, uh, back in the day I always worked on enterprise zone legislation. Opportunity zones is, is the same thing basically. And frankly, because of Tim Scott and Pat Tiberi. Uh, who is a good standing member of the Ripon Society. Um, those two guys picked up this bill, uh, worked it, and we made sure this was in tax reform. And what, what a lot of people in this country do not know, I've been running around the America since tax reform talking about this particular provision. A person can take an asset and sell it and not pay capital gains tax on it. We call it like-kind exchanges or 1031s. They can roll that, that gain into an opportunity zone, meaning 25% of the poorest census tracts in America are now opportunity zones. So you can take that asset and sell it and put that proceed into an investment in these poor communities. 
And if you keep your investment in these poor communities, revitalizing and employing and helping, you keep it there for 10 years, you pay no capital gains tax on it. We really believe that with the $6 trillion of unrealized capital gains, we can redeploy some of that capital into our poorest communities in America, into poor rural areas, poor urban areas, and you combine that with social impact bonds, which is also part of this, this tax bill, and you combine that with our career and technical education, you combine that with the bill that marked up yesterday on prison reform in the Judiciary Committee, and we are focusing on making sure that the, the least among us, the people who are slipping through the cracks, get the opportunity they need to get the, the, the careers they want, and we need them. We need their talents. We want them in our society, in our businesses, in our communities to, to flourish. And that is really the capstone of our agenda here. And we're very excited about getting this done and running through the tape. What I just said is, is going to pass, I really believe. The one thing that's going to be a challenge is the, the farm bill, but the Democrats are playing politics with that. Uh, we have a very good issue here, and I think we'll prevail on it. But whether it's career and technical education, that's going to get done. That's bipartisan. I think these infrastructure bills are going to get done. Those are bipartisan. I think so many of these things that, that we have yet to do will get done. And we will have had a two-year period of monumental change, of enormous progress. The challenge for us as a majority is, you turn on the TV, that's not what you hear about. You hear about, you know, Stormy and, and, and Mueller and... Russia and blah, 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 and this tweet or that tweet, what we tell our members is just ignore all that and focus on doing what we came here to do. Focus on helping people, focus on proving lies, focus on passing our agenda, and the results will speak for themselves, and we just have to make sure we have the resources, which is my other chore, uh, to make sure that we can communicate this. And that's, 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 we have a good thing to communicate, we just got to go communicate it, and that's basically what we're doing. So we're actually excited, we're enthusiastic, and we're bullish. So, um... Thank you very much, and uh, be happy to answer some of your questions. Mr. Hellman, you did such a great job that you get the first or the last question. I'll take the first. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of talk um, about kind of a nativist wing in the in the Republican Party and how we're navigating, and you're in a unique position to try to pull that together. Two big issues you want to get a sense of. Do you think there will actually be movement this year, and maybe your broader sense of where the party is. One is trade and will we have a new NAFTA agreement that gets voted on in this Congress? And the second one is, do you think we'll ever do anything about it, immigration this year? Yeah. Is there a consensus on So on I, those two issues. I really want to do something in immigration this year. It is absolutely broken. Um, there's so much uncertainty among the DACA kids. And uh, <coughs> and we do have a border problem. It's, it's, it's like, I went to, there's a real, you know, cartel, drug, there's a problem down there. So, um, we have been laboring for months to try and get uh, 218 on an immigration bill. That's been challenging. Um, we're working on what I would call Plan B, which is to work with the administration to get them to support um, a plan that I think most people can support on DACA and, and, and security. So we're not going to give up the DACA thing. What really bothered me about that is we lost our deadline. Um, the way Congress works, I've learned this as speakers, you've got to have pretty good deadlines to force people to come together, to force them to make compromises, to then get something to the floor. Uh, we use the end of the years is that for, for tax reform. Deadlines on omnis and appropriations and, and expiring provisions like FAA, those work. When the Supreme Court took away our, our March 5th deadline on DACA, it killed us. Because we were, we were getting people, we were really close to getting 
Republicans and Democrats, rank and file members, to, to come up with an agreement. And as soon as the court took away that deadline, those Democrats we were talking to walked away. And um, basically made the conclusion they prefer to have the issue than the solution. So that, that set us back a bit. So uh, we're going to try and still force the issue. Um, I really want to get um, a down payment on immigration reform. And I think DACA and um, security is a good start on that. Uh, then it'd be nice to get on to these visa issues that are plaguing us, whether it's agriculture or you know high skilled. On um, on what was the other NAFTA? Oh, NAFTA. <laughs> um, uh, as the author of TPA, I can tell you, uh, we have to have the paper, not just an agreement. We have to have the paper uh, from USTR by May 17th for us to vote on it this year in December in Lame Duck. So. Uh, it is May 9th, you know, what is it? yeah, it's the 9th. Okay, I'll let Jim Colby draw the conclusion then. <laughs> so this has to be done. Um, for instance, I think ISDS is in our interest. I think it's a good thing. Uh, there are uh, legitimate agriculture issues. Where I come from, dairy is a big deal in Canada. So there are a handful of unresolved issues, and I'm just not, uh, I don't want to make news, but um uh, we'll see if they can get this done by May 17th and get us the paper to Congress, which then we could have this vote in December. If they can't, then we won't. Make news. I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> May 17th, you'll find out. <laughs> hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Well, I came expecting not to hear half of what you said. You have been incredibly impressive, knowledgeable. But the problem I, I see, and you've got to find a way to solve it. All the money you raise is not going to help educate people about the things we learned in this room today. That's right. Because it will be crappy advertisements about how bad the other guy is. You've got to get a group of people together. No, I'm serious about this, Paul. You've got to find a way to have your story, as you've described it here, presented to the American people. It's, it's not happening. Yeah. I expected far less from you than I heard today. I'm... <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what I'm talking about. The way we come across is response to the crap that you've talked about. I know. But you've got to find a way because otherwise all the money you raise will I do, not educate. I do two press conferences a week as speaker and all I get is the crap stuff. You know, and they're like, so how's the opportunity zone rollout coming in you know, poor communities? We're getting trillions of I really believe Given a couple of years, we'll have we'll have a trillion dollars getting pumped into the poor communities of this country. We're going to get our prison reform done, you know, out of the House in a couple of weeks in the Senate. We're going to get it done. We're really going to have a pipeline of getting people out of poverty, out of welfare, into the workforce, and I, I really see that happening. Um, it's it's an interesting combination of tight labor markets and growth and the rest. The point being, we're never going to win the national narrative with 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 what is going on right now. So. We're not going to raise two hundred million dollars, you know, and you know, and just try and win a national narrative with it. We got to communicate to two million people, two million people, in fifty thousand person increments in thirty to thirty-five congressional districts that will make or break this majority. Who are the swing voters in those congressional districts that we can get? That's what we're going to do. So I'm not going to spend all of our time and resources trying to convince CNN. And, and MSNBC to talk about the House Republican agenda. That ain't going to happen. We, we, will, we will kill ourselves trying. But I can 
in these discrete congressional districts go and communicate specifically to the people that are the swing voters in those districts that return our majority. And that is what we're focused on doing.